Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I would do a lot of the shows. It went from there directly from graffitiing to doing the shows, you know, hanging out backstage and begging to clean brushes and, you know, Bryant Park and that whole that whole thing. But yeah, it's a compulsion. You're, you're, when you're compelled to create, you're an artist. You know, an artist is also a certain curiosity about the world. Hello, and welcome to the Wannabe Podcast, a behind-the-scenes look at the opportunities available in the creative and entertainment industries, so you can get to where you want to be in 30 minutes or less. I'm, of course, your host, Imriel Morgan. How needed was Shay's episode last week? She spoke nothing but the absolute truth in last week's episode. If you missed it, I beg, go and circle back. Today's guest is the incredibly talented Tasha Rako Brown. Tasha is a Los Angeles-based celebrity makeup artist whose hands have been blessed to create beautiful, effortless work on the faces of Alicia Keys, Yara Shahidi, Tracy Ellis Ross, Logan Lloris Browning, and Michael B. Jordan, to name but a few. Her work can be found in the New York Times, Glamour, GQ, and The Hollywood Reporter. In today's episode, Tasha shares the important difference between makeup artists and technicians. She explains why there's room for more voices in the industry, and we discover how she still uses creativity and art as a form of self-care and expression. It is so good. I can't wait for you to hear it. Who did you want to be before you became who you are today and why? I wanted to be Pat McGrath. Ooh, interesting. Why? Pat, because she was the one. She was the one that looked like me, that was doing what I wanted to do, that was creating, and she was fearless. She had this way about making... We're always taught like to look at the structure that you're given. She didn't care what the structure was. She went the other way. She made the structure fit her art. So she was revolutionary in like the shows she was doing for Galliano and and she was she was an artist in the purest sense to me. She was an artist. She is an artist and you know, she's still amazing. But I wanted to be Pat McGrath. I wanted to be in Paris uh, throwing paint on models <laughs> and creating and her unique way of looking at things, I think made me think of, uh, you know, it puts the, she really puts the artist in makeup artist because you just think, oh, makeup and you put, no, she's an artist and makeup is her canvas. And that's what it was about her art that made me sort of switch my perception of makeup. Yeah. I mean, how, how early did you encounter her? Like at what point did she, her work and you cross paths? She was, I think, you know, it's so funny. Like even looking back now, I don't remember a time knowing about fashion, you know, before fashion, I was just 
kid running around. But as soon as I was aware of fashion, its impact, I've always known about pets. She's always been in that mm. mix. There wasn't me loving fashion and following designers and creatives. And then she happened along. She's just always been there. Always. Yeah. Yeah. That's really nice. So why makeup for you? I mean, I know Pat being like a huge inspiration and her work being amazing. Like I'm in fashion, but that name... <laughs> That name means something, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you, can't, you can't not know Pat McGrath's name. So I guess, yeah, why makeup for you? What what was it about it that drew you in and made you want to pursue it as a career? And did you know that you always wanted to do that as a career? You know how you have a calling and sometimes you can't quite put your finger on what pushed you in that direction, but makeup has always been a calling. I mean, I I have the standard story of sitting in the corner and watching my mother do her makeup and watching that transformation Mm -hmm. or watching my grandmother before church. She had this one shade of lipstick she wore for my entire life, but watching that ritual of her doing it. So I do have that standard story, but as far as just creating, I think has always been as far back as I, you know, I would take fine flowers and press them in between this Bible my grandfather gave me. And then I would oh, wow. make pressed flower collages. It's just, I've always created and I don't know what, those are one of the things that I have to say. Sometimes it's a God-given push that you have. Mm-hmm. And creating is one of those things that I just, it's, a, it's an instinct. It's an urge. If I see like a blank white wall, I'll want to graffiti it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like it's so it's always as far as makeup being the um like the face being the canvas, it's because I like structure. Okay. You know, like the fat a flat white wall. Like I I moved to New York. Um actually my first experience with color was being bad in New York and I was spray painting buildings. I was doing graffiti. Oh wow. No yeah. way, really. Yeah, I love that. That's so cool. I love that. <laughs> yes. I really want to do it. <laughs> just facing public property. It was my start in this. That career. is the best answer ever. <laughs> it was a different time. I moved to New York and there were all these art. You could just fall into a pack of random artists, you know, in Alphabet City. And I just fell into a random pack of artists and we would just spray graffiti. And, you know, you, some, one person would do the shadowing. So you had to get it done quickly. One person would do the bait, you know? And, um, wow. so it was always color. So graffiti. And then I would do a lot of the shows. It went from there directly from graffitiing to doing the shows, you know, hanging out backstage and begging to clean brushes and, you know, Bryant Park and that whole, that whole thing. But yeah, it's a compulsion. You're, you're, when you're compelled to create, you're an artist. You know, an artist is also a certain curiosity about the world. But mm. when you're compelled to create, you just have to pick your canvas and you have to pick your tools. And I picked the face and makeup. I like structure because a blank canvas is always the same. You're always giving me a canvas. I don't care if it's four by eight, six by, you're changing the size. But every yeah. time I see a face, you're giving me a different structure to work with. So you change the rules just a little bit. Nice. I want to know about the kind of first break, but I'm also just really, really intrigued about this thing you said around structure and how you came to find, I guess, your style, your voice within, I guess, makeup makeup artistry. Did you start out kind of having a point of view. What was the journey? Can you explain that a bit? 
I started out, well, I was poor when I moved to New York. <laughs> yeah. And yes, defacing public buildings doesn't pay very much. So uh, you can't can, imagine it does. No, <laughs> you can earn cash because it was really cool. And um, a lot of the, the drag queens downtown, you they would oh, before a amazing. show, you couldn't do their makeup. No, 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 no. They did their own makeup, oh. but they would let you like help with the lash or clean up $35 cash. It was amazing. So I hung around the clubs, helped a few performers, you know, they're doing drag with their makeup. So I think when I originally transitioned over, my style was a lot heavier because I, it was also a lot of ego. I was trying to get people to notice me. So look at me, look at me, look at me, look at my art, look at my art, look at my art. Does it fit the face? Does it fit the fashion? Does it fit the situation? No, but you can see how talented I am because I'm going to paint yeah. you into noticing my talent. So it it was a slower transition to find my authentic voice. Mm. How would you describe your style, I guess, in words? <laughs> it's, you know, the, the brattiness of youth and, you know, the look at me style. Mm. It's settled into now I don't want them to necessarily see that I've been there in certain aspects. Like the, my style is, um, I tend to go for like, really, I spend so much time on the skin. The rest of your makeup will take 30 seconds, but creamy, wow. clean, beautiful skin. I don't want you to see the product on the face. And then little weird accents because I still have that bit of rebellion in me. Like, you know what, let's do like little white check marks over the eyelids, you know? So it's really, it's simple, it's refined, it's clean, there are a lot of pops of color. I'm like, mm, why don't we just do orange shiny paint on your lids and nothing else on the face? I think that would be my signature. You could always be really, really clean skin. You won't even know, you know, stuff is going on there. And then you just see this quirky little of color. So yeah, it is so clean. It's so beautiful. And I guess because you have done so many black people black actors mm -hmm, and actresses mm -hmm. they just look phenomenal and yeah. that can often not be the case when in the hands of some other people so <laughs> yeah. to put it diplomatically mm -hmm. so yeah you do you do very 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 beautiful work like there is no doubt that the subject is stunning and Thank looks you. fresh and clean like they look like they smell good <laughs> you know <laughs> Um, <laughs> is there anything that you know now that you wish you knew when you were first starting out? So, so many things. That is a very, very, very long list. But I think the most important thing I wish I knew then that I know now, maybe two things. Like trust yourself. Mm. You know, I was always second guessing myself or I was always like when I looked at things, I always had an initial reaction that was the initial reaction is usually your most authentic choice and your most authentic voice. So I would have that, but then I would also, well, I don't know if they'll understand, or I don't know if they'll like it. Let me turn it in. Don't play to the crowd too much. You know, they're hiring you for a reason. And that is because of your voice. So you really have to just do your art, filter everything. I know there's a lot of people around you and a lot of opinions and but filter it out, do your art. And then, let the chips fall where they may, but at least you walk away and go, you know what? I did what my gut instinct told me to do as an artist. This was my reaction to the situation, to the face, to the fashion, to the mood, to the environment, to the personality, to the brand and that, and, um, it's going to be okay. I wish I knew then it's going to be okay. 
Yeah. Even now, you know, I know we're dating this, but we're going through such tumult, but it's going to be okay. Yeah. I mean that in the sense of there is space for you in the industry. There's space for you and your voice and your opinion. Mm. And there's just, there's space for you. You know, look, like I looked up and I saw, like I mentioned, Pat, Pat held a space that I wanted to hold. If Pat can do it, I can do it. And if you don't see someone in that particular space that you would like to be in, you can create your own space. Like, just trust that there is a, an audience for your voice. Yeah. So trust, I think. Long way to get around to trust, but trust no, yourself. No, I think that was a beautiful yeah. answer. And you're right. I think I personally just needed to hear that today because <laughs> <laughs> I have just been second guessing all of my work mm-hmm. and things that I'm putting out mostly because of the, what's going on and yeah. trying not to date this, but it's going out fairly soon. So I don't imagine this is going away anytime soon. And I hope it doesn't in some yeah. ways. But yeah, it, it is a beautiful answer because for the most part, especially if you're a woman and especially if you're a black woman and a woman of colour, yeah. you will doubt yourself. You will be more susceptible to criticism. People will feel like they can criticise you whether they should in the first place. Oh, of course. If, if women, they're going to assume that you can't do the work. They're gonna mm. they're gonna put on you so many assumptions that have nothing to do with you as an artist. So that's what I mean when I say block that out. You know, like when I go into certain jobs, I don't want to have to give them. You know, like well, we don't know what she knows about fashion or if she's gonna get this uh, vintage Dior moment reference that's from the. I don't want to have to walk in there and give them. You know, my whole resume. Well, actually, I've done this and this. And this. No, but I do know that people, based on just looking at me, are gonna assume certain Mm. references I'll get if I'm into this type of fashion, if I'll understand like, um, but just, it's going to happen to you. I I mean, I can't, what am I trying to say? I'm trying to say it's going to happen to you in a million different ways. You're not going to expect block it out every time. Just center yourself, go back to your authentic voice. I'm just going to do what I do. And then you, that's all you can do. For a new person or someone that's breaking into this wanting to break into it even what does it take to overcome those assumptions um you know as women of color we're not new to this this doesn't just happen in this one area of our lives it happens in 50 different ways do you know what i mean so i think we already have a little bit of training in you know, just defying expectations, defying expectations. We do this on the regular black women defy expectations <laughs> daily and our superheroes daily. So I think when it comes to this and starting out and having to also deal with the regular list of things that you have for a creative entrepreneurs starting out, you have this added to it is let the work speak for itself. Mm-hmm. You don't have to say a word, just be your own brilliant self. And you're good, you know, but don't let it affect your work because that's where you'll get off track. You're like, I I, let me show I not only do I know this smoky eye, I'm going to do the biggest, greatest smoky eye. That's not if (laughs) if that's not your authentic voice, then don't do that. Just it's so difficult to do, but stay true to your artistry and let the work speak for itself. And do not let anything, anything, anybody negative has to say, bleed its way into your art. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Do you know what good looks like now? Are you, like, confident in what is good work and what is bad work especially when it comes to yourself yes <laughs> artists are so emotional and um <laughs> we're such a weird group of people but there are days when sometimes you have to be connected to the work it's uh it's not just like showing up and stamping something you know like you have mm. there's a genuine emotional connection that has to come through you and some days mm-hmm. if you're off, like I have a little ritual where I'll prepare myself to be more susceptible to inspiration flowing through me. But some days if you're off, it'll show up in your work. And I've had friends, like I have a really good friend, Jessica, and I'll call her and go, will you look at this and tell me? Because I trust her opinion. I'm like, would you, does this look a little off to you? And she'll say, no. What are you talking about? I don't see what you mean. I'm so tied to the work. I will see what I felt, if that mm. makes sense. Like, who was a little off yeah. that day? I would see what I felt as opposed to just what it is. And then there are times when you just mess up and you will never, ever forget it. There's this one <laughs> image that still haunts me to this day. The eyelash is lifting just a touch in the corner. It's like from six years ago. And every time <laughs> I see that image, I feel what I felt You know, the first time I realized, <laughs> no. So, um, yeah, I know when I know when I'm humble enough to know when I'm released, I don't, but, but it's a learning experience, you know, like <laughs> yes, you said, of course. everything you put out is a learning experience. So you, when you're first starting out, you're going to get more out of the mistakes that you make than the wins that you have. Yes, because I promise you those mistakes will, you won't do it again. I'll tell you that mm-hmm. much, especially if you see it. Blown up huge on the cover of a mat. You won't do that again. <laughs> wow. And no one else noticed. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I definitely think there are, I know that people are definitely motivated by different things. Mm-hmm. And it sounds to me like we're quite similar in that we're both motivated by mistakes. Because yes. I cannot mess up one time and have it happen again. It just, I'm motivated by the fear of messing up. Which weirdly <laughs> leans into some sort of perfectionism. Right. That we need to, um, that needs addressing in and of itself. But, <laughs> but it is a very good motivator. So I'm glad mm-hmm. that I am not alone in that, on that front. Mm-hmm. It's that. And it's all, it's even I'll mess up. To me, messing up sometimes is technical. It's that I didn't get across what I wanted to get across in my mm-hmm. work. 
that is messing up. I'm like, I wanted it to look more like it was not quite the right color, which would give you this other vibe. So that sometimes is messing up when I feel like I've done art that isn't communicating what I meant to communicate. Yeah, I, I hear that so deeply. You have no idea. I'm curious about your creative freedom and expression outside of makeup. So mm-hmm. for a lot of people, I get mostly not non-creative people, drawing, coloring, artistic outlets are a way of relaxing and downtime and soothing and centering, grounding, whatever term people want to use. But that's their way of finding peace um, and quiet. As it's your work, how do you relax? What are your outlets? And is it still within art or do you do something entirely different? (laughs) It's still within art. I always feel the need to disrupt perfect spaces or just disrupt spaces where they don't quite expect it. It's always within art because even with the work that I do, I'm not, it's a collaboration. I'm collaborating with the talent. I'm collaborating with the amazing stylists I work with. I'm collaborating with the amazing hair. So sometimes um, it's not 100, it's my vision, but it's within certain parameters. So to relax, I just like to just go out, do what I want to do when I want to do it. So I have canvases. I paint a lot. I'm still a little brat and I still spray paint. So my son's, <laughs> my son is 14 years old in his like room and his wall. It's just graffiti on the walls. And I'm like, oh, no. oh wow. I'm like, he, lo- no, no, it's him. He loves the graffiti. It's not, it's mom. It's mom. Just in the room, spray painting, you know, like robots with Basquiat crowns on them. And, you know, his, that's amazing. His, as long as it's not the floors, that's my only rule. As long as you don't, <laughs> we don't, we don't tag the floors. <laughs> like his dresser has got like his gaming name tagged on it. So it's still, you know, this is amazing. You're like the coolest mom ever. <laughs> <laughs> that's so amazing. So it's like, uh, so I, I'll still do that, you know? Just bradley tag the kids' room, and then I still work on my canvases, and I still do study, um, you know, like my favorite artists, and I study their techniques. Like I'm obsessed. I'm on this Charles White and Carrie James Marshall kick that's just lasted for the last three years, where I'm just so obsessed with their work, and I keep digesting it and trying to recreate it and studying it from ninety different angles. Um, so it's always art. Always art. Amazing. Sounds great. <laughs> Sounds like a lot of fun. It's so actually. much fun. <laughs> it's so much fun. I, get, I can only imagine. It's so, I just get to live a life where I get to create all the time, you know, and share my vision and create with other people and hear how they create. So this it's a blessed life. I really think if you have it in you, if you have that, if you need to create and be a creator and an artist, and if you choose this career, you will be so fulfilled because it's just constant creativity from the people that at the, are at the top of their game. So it's constant collaboration with other people about creating. It's it's an artist's life. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's great. <laughs> Is there anything about the job that's quite challenging? I mean, creative clashes, in my experience, can be quite a lot. We have a lot of creative brains in the room, a lot of visions. I've watched enough Project Runway to know that. <laughs> don't like people don't like collaborating very much so how do you how do you manage the creative differences that can come up when they come up Erica Badu say she said I'm an artist and I'm sensitive about my shit do you remember like her famous I think so yes it's like a very very famous and every time she says it I'm like I feel that on a cellular level (laughs) 
Because we're, <laughs> we're all sensitive about, you know, so creative clashes, I mean, they happen, but, um, you know, at the end of the day, it's at the end You're of the day. You're professionals, right? So. Yeah. And if you respect who you work with, you know, you know, even if it's off, it's not off. It just, you just didn't get your way this time. You know what I mean? Or you had mm. to adjust, but trust the people you work with. No, I try. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. There's sometimes I'll even go to them and go, do I need to back off that a little bit? Or we have to talk about it to have grace and be humble and sometimes, you know, let an another artist shine. If you have that, then I think even the creative difference you have are small bumps in the road. And you also get to see someone else's perspective. You just have to be open. Mm -hmm. You know, ego kills the artist. You have to be humble yeah. and open enough to be receptive of it. What are you working on getting better at right now? I'm working on getting better at being open to exploring other textures. Because for the longest time, I've just been like, no, I don't do glitter on the face. It, it's not an arts and crafts Ooh. project. Like, it, you know, like just very like a snotty and leaked about it. Um, so yeah, being open to exploring other textures. Since the textures I love are like, I love really matte. I love really creamy. I love high shine. But there's so many other, you know, and products keep evolving. You know, and I use products evolve. I test them. I find out what I like, but there are some textures that I'm like, I just don't like them, but then I'll see somebody use them in a way that's interesting. So it's a slow, it's slow. I'm like, all right, well, maybe I'll do this whole glitter thing. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> then I did, but I have to, I've, so I'm working on finding ways to get the textures that I don't particularly like to fit my aesthetic. Yeah. Like, how can I do this and make it make sense for me? Final question. What is the best advice you've ever received and what is the worst advice you've ever received? The worst advice I'd ever received was to, oh, make the client happy. It was such a broad sweeping state, like make them happy. So do whatever. Then I'm not an artist. I'm a technician. Anybody could do mm. that then. Why, why am I here? I know girls. Anybody could do, uh, throw some makeup on someone. You know, I know people aren't even artists that are like, Oh yeah, they could probably sort that out. That's fine. So make the, when you say something like make sure the client is happy, you, the way you interpret that is like, just, you know, whatever they want, go ahead and, you know, don't push back too much. That's terrible advice. Like mm. I said, you, and you just turn into a technician and what's the point? Why would they necessarily come back to you? We can get anybody to throw a red lip on someone. Why do we need you to do it? Yeah, exactly. So that that was terrible, terrible advice. Um, because then you don't you don't have a voice. You don't have a. The people come to you for a particular reason. Your your client will always find you. Like if you want like really really heavy and like beat face and double lash and baking and those people tend not to find me because that's not that's not my stuff. It's not what I do. So your client will find you. Do your art. Yeah. So you'll attract the right clients for yourself you know, you do your art, then you're not all over the place. You go, oh, she did this one day, this one day, this one day. She has no voice. She's a technician. She just does yeah. whatever people tell her to do. And that will show up if you line up all your art and it's all over the place. Well, who are you? What are you trying to say? I see nothing in here that when I, I can't tell your work from anyone else's work. You know, I, the, I can tell most of my friends work. If you show me a picture, I'll go, yeah, I know who did that. Because I can see mm -hmm. them in the work. So don't just make the client happy. Mm -hmm. Terrible advice. Um, the best advice I've ever gotten is about your diet. 
I know it sounds it's not, <laughs> it sounds crazy, but your diet is your diet is more than what you just eat. Your diet is what you consume. There was this time right when Instagram was you know becoming a thing, and I was like just you know we spend all day just scrolling on what we scroll. So you you know I was just looking at all these accounts where it was just influencers, heavy, heavy, heavy. Because I was interested. And I just wanted to see what yeah. was happening. And then I woke up one day at my work, like the last couple jobs I did. I was like, why is this makeup so heavy? Why is this so, why am I using so much product because of my diet? If I'm sitting around just mm. consuming this subconsciously, that's what will, because that's what you're seeing. So make sure that you're looking at things that are line up with your vision, you know? Um, so pay attention to what, uh, what you're looking at, what you're, and then, cause even my friend, I was like looking at all this work, my friend, William, I said, William, you know, I just can't do this. You know, it's, it's a lot. I don't know quite how to make it. Cause it was so thick. I was like, how do you do all this? And I don't kind of know how to cut a creek. Cause I tend to respect the faces, facial features. I don't just draw something on, you know, I'm like, I, I just can't do this. And he looked at me, he said, well, nobody asked you to. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Wow. It was like, nobody asked you to. Yeah. Why are you worried about that? That's not what you do. That's not what you, nobody asked you to do that. We need people who have authentic voices who can translate that into art. Yes. Does that make sense? Agreed. It does. I said it, <laughs> but it, I mean, it, it's just, we need those voices right now. We really, really do. And, um, they're few and far in between that I guess I'm, that just reflects the times right now. That yeah. long term, we'll be out of this. We'll be out of this. But um, yeah. And there'll be more voices on the other side, we hope. Or, you know what, reach out. What? Like So many of us, me and my friend, we are always into mentoring. Are we always, you know, if you see an artist that's oh, occupying that's a space that you like, slide in my DMs. Amazing. You know, like we, you, we, the mentoring aspect is amazing. Or even if you have questions, I only know what I know because I made a million mistakes. You just started. You might not mm. know that. And there's enough space for all of us. There's enough work for all of us. You'll be surprised at how many people are willing to help you. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you so, so, so much. Um, yeah, it's been so much fun. I've really enjoyed chatting with you, learning about your story. Thank you kindly. I wasn't ready for the joy Tasha gave me this episode. She's the absolute coolest and is really about helping out the next wave of talent to come through. So make sure you tell your aspiring makeup artist friends to listen and hit her up on Instagram at Tasha Rako Brown on Instagram. For updates on Wannabe, follow Content is Queen on Twitter at Content is QN and Instagram at Content is Queen HQ. We've been doing some incredible roundups of Black British podcasts. So if you want to know what else is out there, go and check that out. If you're enjoying this podcast, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts and share it with your friends via your Insta stories. We have pulled some amazing quotes from this episode, which you can share on Instagram and Twitter. I'm going to redo that. Sorry. If you're enjoying this podcast, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts and share it with your friends via your Insta stories. We've pulled some amazing quotes from this episode, which you can reshare by Instagram and Twitter. To get extended show notes listing any of the tools and resources we've talked about on this episode, visit wannabepodcast.com. This podcast is proudly a content is queen production. As always, huge love and hugs to Ellie Clifford for pulling this episode out of the bag this week. And thank you for listening. Until next time, bye.
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 